As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry, hear that local shouting, it's Dainer and Jay, it's Dainer and all right, welcome to the latest edition to Hear That Podcast. Brown, Paul Inger Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you for the first walkout of the season as the Bengals lose preseason game number one to the Arizona Cardinals, 36-23 to here at... Paycor Stadium, uh, the artist formerly known as Paul Brown Stadium. Big crowd here on hand for a preseason game. And not everything went right for the Bengals. No, back-to-back losses. The wheels have come off this franchise. <laughs> back-to-back losses, that's right. Um, uh, we're we're going to dig into a number of things here. Uh, you know, There's a lot to talk about with what happened with the offensive line. Some good, most bad. Uh, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the safety position. Some good, some better. And there's some interesting guys that showed up. And Evan McPherson, still a robot. Some sort of like football-kicking robot that can just destroy balls into the net from 58 and 56 yards out. So we'll talk about all that. But there's a bunch of stuff to get to and fallout from Friday night here at the stadium. Um, we're going to start with what didn't happen on the field during the game. That starts with what happened before the game. And that was Joseph Lee Burrow running on the field. We No throwing yet, but running and not running slow, not jogging, like sprinting. Uh, I'm not going to say I know the miles per hour that he was hitting, <laughs> but Running pretty fast, doing a doing a decent workout. And when you consider we're talking about a guy's comfort level with his abdominal area and what happened with his with the appendix, a decent, a, a, a very very encouraging development that we saw before the game. Yeah, I don't know what they call that exercise where you run and kind of twist your upper torso. Um, it, it's a flexibility, and he was doing that. So clearly. The stomach area was not bothering him. He was 
breaking a sweat, running full speed. Um, so all that a good sign. Uh, it was He was not alone. I mean, it was all of the starters out there with him that were not going to play in this game. Um, it was basically a who's who of this roster. Um, never expected him to play. Zach confirmed he would not play. But still, that's that's about as encouraging as it gets because you continue to see the progression. He tossed the ball a little bit earlier in practice this week. He, he showed up late at, at the practice, the last practice we saw, which means he was probably inside doing some rehab work. Um, I, I just, I, there's no timetable. They they might have it in their mind. They're not gonna they're not gonna put anything out there, but it feels like he's getting pretty close to getting back out there and, and doing some stuff on the field. We we've been talking about kind of what you know what what we heard was that look it feels like in the next couple of weeks we're going to see him back out there in Mm -hmm. practice and what we saw tonight suggests that is accurate that i I have a feeling that we might see him out and involved on the field in some capacity this coming week i don't know if that will be throwing a football or if that will just be doing work on the side rehab field or what that will be um but that what we saw tonight certainly suggests that to be the case and and i do think that there's an expectation that he'll be out there participating and throwing the week of the rams game and the rams practices which is still a couple weeks away so it does appear encouraging as far as that goes so burrow news before the game which is the most important it's all that really matters it was the burrow news but then they there was other things that happened because during the game right before halftime all of a sudden guess who showed up on instagram posting his nikes i believe i believe they were Air Force Ones. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, but it was Jesse Bates in the suite at Paycor Stadium. I did I did it again. I didn't mess it up. At Paycor Stadium, man who has not signed the franchise tag, lone player who gave, was given the franchise tag to not have signed it. Bengals still wondering when he will show up. Expectation has been that he will. Well, he showed up tonight. Didn't, yeah. We didn't see him in the locker room afterwards or anything like that. But uh, I did talk to a few players who said they knew he was here. And uh, that the fact he's up here in the suite, taking in this preseason tilt, suggests good news on that front, I would think. I even... Jay, I did I did some real hard journalistic work at halftime. <laughs> Went down to get in front of the suite to double check that it wasn't like someone else recording their own shoes, <laughs> like you know, or sending it to him. Went, looked, there he is yeah. in the suite. Sure enough, was him. And so uh, Jesse Bates here. Look, all of this, him always texting with players, talking right. to players. Texting Dax Hill saying, if you have questions, I'm here for you. Showing up here uh, to watch the preseason game. Who knows what other conversations he's had with upstairs, which we were told leading up to this game by Zach Taylor when Bates was it was asked about Bates, he just quickly snapped off of that's upstairs. Mm-hmm. So maybe Bates was actually upstairs when he said that's upstairs. Maybe he <laughs> meant he's upstairs now. Don't know that for sure. He had uh, posted a photo from... Uh, Fort Myers, Florida earlier in the day on his Instagram so perhaps he took a flight which good for him for not having his flight cancelled that's rare these days Uh, but Jesse Bates in the house does suggest more of what we have thought is that at some point he'll sign, he'll be in here the man does not want to get hurt on the practice field as we've seen a lot of players get hurt on the practice field uh, across the league and so this is a good sign, I think, that he is hanging out in the suite tonight. 
yeah, this all, I mean, it's not an ideal situation, but it, it has never felt overly contentious. And, it, and it, it's always felt like this is going to be the, the way it plays out. And you hear Zach says it all the time. It's They speak in matters of when he shows up, not if. It, it just... I think everybody respects the fact that he's not going to put himself at risk for injury and, and, and practice in camp, but this is not a stick-it-to-you kind of thing with the team. It, 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 it's, it's about as friendly as a holdout could be. Um, and, yes, a good sign that, that he is here. In the, just another good sign in the, in the way this thing is progressing. The rare friendly holdout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just business. It's just an understanding They say it all the business. time. And yeah. yeah, it is just business. The Bengals do a business from their side. Jesse Bates doing business from his side. And doing it here in the suite tonight. Good for him. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. I I didn't stake out the suite. I could have. We discussed it. We did. Should we stake out the suite and wait to talk to him on the way out and just totally abandon anything else that has to do with the game and just dedicate? Maybe I should have. I don't know. Maybe I'll regret it later. But then I would have missed the Drew Plitt to Kendrick Pryor show, and you don't want to miss that. Perfect Drew Plitt. A 158.3 passer rating <laughs> in his hometown. He said he had a bunch of family and friends here. Really cool story for him. I know he's not making this team. He's, he may not even make the practice squad. He probably doesn't make the practice squad. But he just signed here two weeks ago. He gets a chance to, to play in his hometown um, and comes in and leads a 94-yard touchdown drive and and throws a 25-yard touchdown pass to, to undrafted rookie Kendrick Pryor. Huge moment for him, too. Um, and then he had a one-handed catch that, that kind of extended that drive and set up that. It's just, it, it was. I, I wrote about him in, in our story on which ones we were most interested in seeing. I did think it was maybe telling that. I mean, Kwame has been Kwame Lasser has been really good in OTAs and training camp, and it almost felt like they were trying to hide him. Like he, he didn't get a lot. They put him in the return game, but it's like they're not trying to have him put too much on film in the preseason um, because if he doesn't make the team, you feel someone might might pluck him on the practice off before you can put him on the practice squad. It was the Kendrick Pryor show tonight: four catches, eighty-nine yards, and that that highlight reel one-handed catch that they first called incomplete. Zach challenged and won the challenge, and great moment for Pryor, great drive for Pryor and Plitt. I was talking to Pryor in the locker room after the game. Shout out Bengals for having open locker rooms. Still, yes. I want to continue to say that every time because a lot of teams do not right now. Um, but 
and as he's talking, his phone behind is just going ding, 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 ding. And it's cycling through every app is blowing up on his phone while yeah. he's talking. And I said, look, how many, what do you got there? How many messages are you up to? And he showed 329. And, I, and we had to find out, now, are you a person who always keeps <laughs> a couple hundred messages out there open on your phone? He said, no, the group chats are going crazy. All my people in my group chats. And, you know, Instagram was blowing up and his Twitter was showing up. And all of them, he had red dots all over his phone. Uh, I mean, I'm comfortable with that many red dots on my my phone, but this was clearly it was just he was spiking, and I, that, a, a cool moment for a, an undrafted guy, you know, out of Wisconsin making a little bit of a name for himself. Let's talk about um, some of the things that matter, and that is what did not go well tonight, and that was the the depth. You know, again, we mentioned and the starters didn't play. Almost all the projected starters did not play, except Jackson Car Jackson Carmen. Uh, because he is in a battle for left guards. The thought is, if you're the one guy who's supposed to be a starter, who's out there with the backups, shouldn't you be the one that looks solid even if anybody else is screwing up? No, Jackson Carmen was kind of a disaster tonight. Yeah, he holding penalty in the red zone, um, got missed, uh, missed picking up a stunt uh, on the first drive that, that had um, quarterback running for his life, and he also got pushed back into Jake Browning on a drive and Browning just had to spike the ball into the ground. Um, it was, it wasn't him alone by any means that there were a lot of penalties, a, a lot of missed assignments, um, a lot of just basic disasters on that offensive line. But yes, for a guy like Carmen, who's in a battle that it was not a good showing. And then it didn't help that the second half Cordell Volson, the rookie fourth round pick comes in, looked really good. Yeah. I mean, really, really good. And, I talked to Cordell after the game, and he said, yeah, that whole first half. He knew what the plan was, but he's just itching that whole first half. And he did get to get in on, on field goal blocks, so he got got to get a couple snaps before he actually went in there. But that first play of the second half, he just blasted out onto the second level and got a got a block on a linebacker. You could tell he was ready to go. And he just he played that way the entire second half, blocking through the whistle. Uh, they ran behind him for the touchdown, the Jacquez Patrick one-yard run. Just a, a really strong debut for Cordell Volson. And we've yet to see him take first-team reps in practice. That might change this week. Yeah, and uh, what will change, I will be stunned if he's not playing at some point in the first half in New York. If there's not some more of a rotation to get him. Because, look, it is not fair. You know, he is going against lesser players in the second half, Arizona, going deeper into their bench. Um, Although I will point out a a lot of Bengals offensive linemen were having trouble no matter who was out there on the (laughs) Cardinals. I mean, but – so – you need to get a proper evaluation. See what he looks like next week against maybe some higher-end interior defensive line talent or whatever it is. But definitely a really solid showing for him on a night where really no other offensive lineman had much of a good night that you can really speak of. Uh, and there was one point you know, if they had to bump Akeem Adeniji out to left tackle, and it was a quick reminder to everyone that he is absolutely unequivocally not a left tackle. You know, he gave up a sack where he barely touched the guy, then he had a hold on the next play, and then a pressure that flushed the quarterback on the next play after that, three in a row, and they finally were like, just get Prince back in there, because we can't even run offense like this. And it's, you know, there's real questions that exist behind, we talk all you want to, about Karras and Kappa and Collins and Jonah Williams, 
there's real questions about what the depth of this line is going to look like right now. Because yeah. if it's anything like what we saw tonight, it's the same crap you saw last year. And you're dealing with the same stuff. And you're, again, worried about how do you get Burrow through this season. You hope those first five stay healthy, certainly for all, all of the year. Because uh, right now... I think they they might find out. We'll see. I mean, you know, you know what's going to happen in game two or game three, but depth issues are going to be a concern if anybody goes down. Namely, Ted Karras. I mean, mm-hmm. they, Trey Hill ain't it, man. He wasn't it yeah. last year. He hasn't been it so far. And you know, that's the most drastic. At least, at least with Carmen. Yeah, he's maybe he's looked bad, but like. You know, at least you, there's a chance you've seen him go out and he's played games before. He's been okay. I mean, and you'd have or Volson, who maybe he's the guy who's a fourth round pick. They don't really have anybody. There's nobody else plays center really. Yeah, Lamont Gallier, Ben Brown. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe Ben Brown. I mean, undrafted dude. I, I don't know. I mean, th- I just think right now you're looking there and you're saying I don't know who some of these backups are, and it might be something they need to address, whether it be via cuts, whether it be via trade, but certainly. A little bit of concern has entered the equation as they go into games two and game three with the back end of the offensive line room. Also, you know who else took notice of that tonight, Jay? Who? Quentin Spain. (laughs) Quentin Spain with the tweet of the year so far, who just in the middle of all of that mess just tweets out a picture of the Cincinnati skyline, essentially like, I'm here. You know, if you're looking for somebody, I'm here. Uh, As a little bit of reminder to everybody else. Um, Let's flip it over and talk about the defensive side of the ball where there was a lot of bad there too as, as Arizona had you know put up a bunch of points obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, Dax Hill, a, a, a really encouraging first night for him. Um, he got a touchdown thrown on him on the first drive where he kind of ended up trailing on a red zone play action play and, and got open in front of him. Tough play, could have made it, you know, whatever. After that, though, it was all good. Yeah, He had two really big-time plays. One looked like it could have been an absolutely incredible leaping interception in the end zone. He just mm-hmm. couldn't quite hold on to it when he hit the ground. Then another one, uh, Trace McSorley tries to just zip a ball up the seam to a receiver running open, and Dax Hill beat the receiver to the spot and damn near caught it, got broken up. Teammates giving him a hard time for not being able to catch either of those, um, <laughs> thinking he should have had a couple, should have maybe had a couple of picks in this game, but two great plays, instinctual plays, showed off his athleticism, all the stuff that kind of everybody had been talking about and about how the way he had looked in camp, his speed, and playmaking really showed up on the practice field and certainly showed up on the game field tonight. Yeah, that second one reminded you of Jesse Bates, yep. where we just the perfectly timed, got there, uh, broke it up, and laid a little bit of a hit at the same time. And um, it's it shouldn't go unmentioned that that he, like you said, the, the starters did not play, so he's the he's out there with a bunch of guys that he is not repped with. He's been taking all the first team reps in practice. So he's out there kind of running the show uh, in his first game, directing everybody around. I, I thought it was a really, really impressive performance, even though he didn't come down with either of those balls. Another another pretty good performance I thought, you know, we saw from uh, the the rookie defensive lineman. It, yeah. Again, so it's the same way. Dax Hill building on what has been a really nice camp for him. And then we have Zach Carter and Jeff Gunter building 
building on what has really been really nice camps for them thus far. Now, it wasn't probably as big of a night as we saw um, from Dax Hill, but both had moments. You had a sack for Gunter and Carter with a similar type of play, chasing down an attempt on a QB draw. As our neighbors here in the booth decide to shut all the windows right next to us, uh, but you know, you, you saw a couple of really nice plays, and and they looked like they belong. You know, they were they were getting pressure, they were getting moves, they were doing what they needed to do back there, and certainly looked the part um, and played all game. Yeah, I mean, they were like, look, Zach Taylor said these guys need to play, they need to get conditioned to play a full game, and they're going to, and they did. Gunter had the, the pass breakup too on a, on a screen pass. I mean, they did. They they didn't. It wasn't what we we come to see in practice where they I don't want to say dominating, but just flash after flash after flash. But they did have their moments. They did look like they belonged in this game. And um, encouraging sign there, uh, not just the the sack, the PBU they got, but they, they they were putting pressure on the on the Arizona quarterbacks. And um, again, one more thing to be encouraged about with that D-line, all that young talent. Uh, notable Joseph Osai, I think, took two snaps, two, three yeah. snaps. They put him in there. You know, Zach Taylor said in the lead-up that they're, they need to manage him. And so I guess there was some element of go through the routine of playing since you haven't really done that a lot. Go through the routine of being out there for a couple of snaps. Um but then they just shut him down and let Carter and Gunter. It's kind of interesting. You would think they would at least give him a drive. but there, So there's some kind of plan there um, with Osai as far as you know, trying to protect him from himself, I guess, maybe a little bit. But that was it. A couple of snaps, and, and they pulled him. All right, let's just take a quick break. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Evan McPherson, I mean, the dude is is ridiculous. I, I it was the biggest cheers of the night, really, yeah, in the stadium. Even before he made him, as soon as he came out to attempt the long ones, you could just feel the buzz build in the crowd. Yeah, and a shout out to uh, the DJ uh, who on the NFL Network this week they had a, he had a discussion that went kind of viral where they talked about how it's. How kickers should have walkout music, <laughs> and uh, he said he would pick "Without Me" by Eminem uh, for his walkout music. And sure enough, when he went to go out there, uh, "Without Me" was playing on the speakers, and the crowd started going crazy. And he destroyed his first <laughs> field goal from fifty-eight right at the bottom of the net, and then from fifty-six up into the net. Yes. I mean, it's not like he just made from fifty-eight and fifty-six. I mean, he had plenty of space. Uh, to spare would have been good. 
uh, from 65 at, at least, if not probably more than that, actually up into 70, I would think. It's very similar to what we saw on the Back Together Saturday scrimmage, which he said it kind of felt that same way too with the, the adrenaline rush from the crowd cheering him on and all that. I mean, you, you talk about how calm he is and, and just how he, he, he stays in the moment, keeps his breathing down, and he's making these huge kicks and these huge playoff games and game-winning. This it had to felt like practice out there. It's a preseason game. What do you got to lose? And he just lets it loose on the 58 and the 56, and, I mean, right down the middle on both. And just – you just – it, it, as crazy as it sounds, you just come to expect it when he goes out there. It seems like, what, maybe five, six years ago, anything over 50 yards would feel like a, a coin flip prop at best. And or now, a punt. <laughs> or, yeah, well, don't even try it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it's going to be another fun year watching that guy kick field goals. Such a weapon. Such a weapon. Um, the last note here that I wanted to make sure we got to was Chris Evans. Um, you know, <laughs> Thad Moss did him no favors tonight. No. Uh, first play. Yep. First play from scrimmage. A really nice bounce outside. Gets around the edge. And looked like he was going to go to the house 75 yards. He ends up going 63 yards. But a holding penalty uh, is called against Thad Moss on the play to, to, to bring it back. Then you have what should have been a touchdown run with another nice acceleration to the pylon around the corner. And Thad Moss again gets called for a hold. So instead, Chris Evans has eight carries for negative three yards, <laughs> a negative 0.4 average when he should have had about 10 carries for about 77 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so, but I thought, on those plays really showed a lot of some of the electricity he can bring to you as a runner. You know what he is as a receiver. I'll be interested to go back and look a little bit more at some of the tape and see how many reps he got in any kind of pass pro. Um, I don't know how many there were. And so, but overall, man, he, he just, I'm really curious to see where this, where his role ends up being, because those are some plays that he looked like the, best weapon on that was on the field tonight for the Bengals. Yeah, and both those those holding calls on Moss were legit holding calls. The first one I'm not sure would have affected I think he would have I think Evans would have got the edge and had that long run anyhow. I do think the the touchdown run may not have happened had Moss not taken the guy down. But it was interesting that the 65-yard one, he he was heading up the middle. A blitzer came up the middle. The Bengals did pick it up, and he went ahead and bounced it because he saw that hole close. And that's kind of what they said after the preseason opener last year is you can't be jumping around like that. you got to just hit the hole and and slam it up in there. And so it was just kind of ironic that the first the first touch this, this year in the preseason, the hole closes, he kicks it outside, and you see what he can do. I mean – it looked like he was going to take it the distance. He got caught, knocked out at the 10, but 65 yards, heck of a run. Yeah, it was. Also had a 41-yard kickoff return, mm-hmm. which was kind of an extension of what he did in the postseason last year where he looked really good in in the return game. Again, we've talked about that really feels like that's going to end up being his job. Yeah. Brandon Wilson's not going to be back from the ACL. Honestly, we don't really know where the roster spot on this team could possibly even be. They have, an over, oh, they have too many safeties as is yeah. once Jesse Bates returns. Uh, so that kind of sums it up. I mean – it, it's kind of interesting that so much of the the news of the night ends up happening not on the field. You know, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot to 
a lot to digest when when they go back and look at the film because there's a lot that went wrong defensively. You know, you had the turnovers with you know the, ex- the snap exchange mm-hmm. between Hill and Browning. I don't know whose fault that was. Two sack fumbles. Two sack fumbles were just dudes are just running free and Jake Browning uh, I think will sleep all right uh, he was um, he was running for his life all night long looked better tonight than he has in any practice so far yeah I mean he was making plays on the run with his feet throwing pretty accurate balls um, it, it was an impressive performance by him uh, when it comes to the returner battle Puka Williams has been eliminated. <laughs> um, you know, you just can't. You can't. You get that one you shot at the one end of the shot. game and muff. Yeah, and Arizona damn near uh, mm-hmm. recovered it. Um, look, you, you have to – if you're going to be Puka Williams or Kwame Lasser as the punt returner, you have to, one, show some explosion at some point in one of these games, break one at some point, and then create and build trust with all the other ones. One, it hits you right in the chest and goes to the ground. On the, your first opportunity, it's over. You, there's no coming back from that. No. Not in Darren Simmons' mind when, when you only have a limited number of opportunities that you're going to get anyway. Uh, not with Trent Taylor being the, the known quantity that he is. And also Trent Taylor certainly looked nice out there at receiver yeah, uh, tonight as well. And so, you know, that roster spot still sits there for him. Um both punters didn't do super. If we're breaking that down, yeah. uh, the net on both was bad. Uh, 26.7 net for Huber, 33 net for Chrisman. Um, there were some long returns on Chrisman in particular. Uh, so I don't know how much we're judging from that when not a whole lot of it uh, was 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 all that great. Um, but they kind of alternated the holding. Holding didn't seem to be an issue at all on any of the McPherson yeah. kicks. So that's uh, that's good in that regard. Um, that's about it. Yeah, I think that about wraps us up. It. We look at all the things we talked about from preseason game number one, Jay. So much, so much to get to. Uh, next, next game will be at the Giants, um, and in New York, and so we will have plenty as we go through this next week. And then after that, we'll lead up to joint practices for two days against the Rams. And again, anticipation is that we'll have Burrow back in the mix at that point. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening to hear that podcast ground. Great to talk to you. We will be back early next week. Have a good one, everybody.